Hello and welcome to another edition of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jance and my guest today is Pat Flynn. He is the author, creator of SmartPassiveIncome.com and of course that's where you can find it at SmartPassiveIncome.com and quite frankly I've been following Pat for a while and he's one of those people that I think is doing it right. He's teaching people how to make money online without the snake oil. He's teaching them real stuff. He's also the author of a little ebook uh, called Let Go, uh, where he really chronicles his success story. And, and I think it's an inspiration for a lot of people uh, who are trying to find work uh, that, that serves purpose for them. So, uh, Pat, thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me, John. Appreciate it. You know, one of the things that, uh, that I really love, you've been, you've been doing this for about full-time for about 2008 or so, is that right? Yeah, uh, near, coming up to five years, actually. And um, next week actually marks the five-year anniversary of me getting the notice um, when I was still working in architecture when I was going to get let go. So we're actually coming up to the five-year anniversary of that. And one of the things that you've done that I think is uh, you know, part bold, part, uh, <laughs> part uh, uh, complete transparency is, is you've done these income reports uh, almost every month where you are demonstrating to people, here's what I did, and uh, you know, here's how you can do it, and here's how much I made this uh, month. What do, you, what do you think that's done from a credibility standpoint uh, you know I'm, I'm sure you hear lots of feedback on that i would just be curious what uh, uh what you think that's meant for your business sure well of course a lot of people are like wow you are crazy nobody does this um why would you do that and you know i have a couple answers for that one is i feel like if i'm teaching people how to make money online it's only right that i show how i do it too and those income reports include more than just sort of the income I earn from all the different businesses I, I have and things like that. It includes a lot of the lessons I learned, things that I thought I did right, things that went completely wrong. Um, just kind of just show people, you know, this is how it is. And it's not always a straight shot. It's a, it's a lot of ups and downs uh, as an entrepreneur. But, I, you know, uh, more than that, I feel like, you know, you think of these companies and when you invest in a stock, you know, they give you quarterly reports on, yeah. on the sort of progress of that company. And I feel like I'm doing the same thing. And people aren't really investing money on my company, you know, the, and, and, you know, people don't have to make a decision whether or not to, you know, stick with me or buy my stock, but they are investing time to learn from me. And I feel that's even more important than money. So I want to just be completely transparent about how my business is going and people can either choose to continue to learn from me or not if they feel like it's going in a direction that they, you know, it might not jive with, with what they are doing. So that, that's kind of the idea behind the income reports. And I've just gotten nothing but amazing. I mean, besides the initial shock of the fact that I'm doing this, um, I've just gotten nothing but amazing um, responses, uh, thank yous. And, and, you know, really, I just am trying to be an example of someone who um, is, is just sharing it on. I think there's a trend in marketing right now where everybody's trying to be as transparent as possible. And I think that's only good. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of people have used a lot of inf internet marketers, you know, have used that idea of showing proof because it does have, as you said, I mean, it has a lot of value. But I, I think you've done it in a way that is um, a lot more genuine. I think you know, you, we've all seen the ClickBank check, copy of the ClickBank check, you know, with with six yeah. digits on it, and it just kind of looks like, okay, great, you know, you're showing off. But what you're really doing is you're just saying. Here's what I'm doing. I mean, some of those early months, you know, were weren't weren't eye popping, you know, and and uh, and I think that you've just showed here's the journey, and 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 I think the other thing that your um, collection of of monthly reports shows too is that it's hard work. I mean, it's not an overnight thing. I mean, it uh, you know you said five years, and it's you know it's a 
you know, work at it for that period of time. And I, th- I think that uh, um, uh, that's a really cool part of it. Well, thank you, John. I appreciate it. So, um, and, and actually, <laughs> I, I was uh, going through some of your past shows, um, and uh, and I'd love it if you would, would share this because I, I, I really love to – you know, a lot of folks like us that are, are producing a lot of stuff, I think a lot of times people think, gosh, you know, how do you get it all done? You know, it's it's like, what are all these, you know, you're using, you know, smoke and mirrors and, you know, you got 10 people back there doing stuff. And you had a post that you, uh, a show that you did recently on uh, the number one productivity tip. Uh, do you recall that? I don't think it was too many episodes ago. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, uh, it's a very important tip. It's probably the number one productivity tip you could ever have and that is just working on one thing at a time and a lot of people see where I'm at now and they see that I have this blog with posts posts three times a week two to three times a week I have a podcast I have a YouTube channel I'm doing all these challenges and building new businesses people are wondering like like, how do I do this and they try to do something similar or they try to do something and and it just doesn't work out because there's just it's really hard especially today to just keep your focus on on one thing at a time um, and 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 also you know s- sort of batch processing these things that we have to do instead of you know and, and in the example I use in that particular podcast episode is the example of stuffing envelopes and there's there's this guy who sort of had this little competition with with his daughters who um, you know they uh, it, it was the guy who was stuffing envelopes one at a time from putting, folding the uh, letters that go inside and then sealing it, stamping it, and addressing it, doing that one at a time, or the daughters who were, you know, they were folding all the papers first and would make a pile of those. And then they would stuff all the envelopes. That was their next thing. And then they would put stamps on all of them and then address them. And you might think that sort of doing it the, the second way, like the daughters were doing it, would be much faster, when in fact doing it one at a time was actually much faster and um, you know there's, it's it's counterintuitive but when you do that i mean there are a lot of things happen w- uh, w- when you do it the way where you're doing just one thing uh like you're, you're just folding the paper or stuffing the envelopes all at the same time you don't account for um you know the huge piles that you have and shifting things over and all the room that that takes up and you, you know probably the biggest thing for me i think is when you when you do it that way what if the you, you find out at the end that uh maybe all the letters don't fit in the envelopes that you had. And then you have to go find new envelopes and do all that whole thing. Whereas if you did it one at a time and you can complete and actually see a finished product, um, you would know if that you know, letter didn't fit in the envelope right away and you can take care of it then. And you, know, you find out these things that where there may be problems in the business model that you have or whatever it is you're trying to do much quicker and then you can sort of um, adjust and, and, and pivot from there instead of at the end and you have to reshift everything and perhaps start over again. Yeah, and I, I work with a lot of small business owners, and in many cases, you know, we come, uh, they hire one of my consultants, and we have to really uh, change their behavior and their habits, even because uh, because mm-hmm. they've gotten themselves into this mess by thinking they have to do it all uh, every single day, and it's like running on a treadmill. And and we actually have them, um, uh, the, we we actually have a process where we only allow them to identify two or three of their top priorities for the year. <laughs> And, and, you know, everything else uh, within reason, uh, they have to say no to, uh, if it doesn't uh, address those two or three top priorities. And, and boy, is that, yeah, first off, great. it's hard work to get them to commit to that, but boy, does it change, <laughs> d- does it change their world? 
uh, once they no, do. Totally. I mean, it relieves stress. It, it actually, they actually get results because, of course, what we focus on is their highest payoff, <laughs> two or three things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and all of a sudden, you know, because uh, what is it, 70, 80 percent of our day gets used up with stuff that, that you know, doesn't benefit anybody. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. uh, Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it really is. So one of the things I asked you to do, because I, I think I, I love your show, although I, I will say I have one complaint. Um, you know, I, I uh, listen to a lot of shows and uh, when I run or, uh, you know, take the dog out, you know, th- that kind mm-hmm. of sort of passive stuff. And I can't do that with yours because I always am feeling like, oh, I need to write that idea down. <laughs> so I so I have to listen to yours in a different way. Uh, but that's actually, that's a backhanded compliment, by the way. Um, yeah, no, I know. You scared me a little bit. But, you know, that is definitely a compliment. I thank you for that. Yeah. Um, so one of the things I talked about uh, with you uh, prior to our show was that, you know, I, I really preach this idea of a total online presence and that there is no just one thing that you, you know, social media or I need to do this or I need to do that. They all have to be really integrated. Um, and I, I call it kind of the seven stages and listeners have heard me say this all the time, the seven stages of a total online presence. And so I thought it might be kind of fun to uh, stick with this uh, practical tips, tools, you know, ideas approach that I that I see you do so often and just kind of run through those and say, okay, Pat, you know, if somebody comes to you and says, gosh, I know I need to be doing this one, you know, for this stage, you know, what are some ideas? And so I'll just kind of throw them out and let you go. Does that sound fair? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, so the first stage um, to me is uh, content. You know, you have to have that foundation for some, uh, t- you know, if you're going to SEO and uh, and email and, and even advertising. I mean, I think now is, is so driven by the fact that you've got something worth sending somebody back to. So uh, what are some of your, your best tips on this idea of producing valuable education-based content? Well, sure. I mean, I think first and foremost, you have to understand why you're creating content. And it's not for you, it's for your audience. And so truly trying to understand exactly what is uh, on your audience's mind is the best thing you could do. You Tapping into your existing audience, if you have one, um, is absolutely, I mean, then there's no guessing. You already know what to write about or what to create content about. Uh, one of the best things I like to do is um, just simply ask ask them. A lot of people don't ask their audience enough and, and that's, a re- that's, that's your target audience. They are a part of your audience. You should definitely um, tap into them. And there are a couple ways you could do that. One is like in blog posts, you know, you can ask for people's opinions, sort of give them permission to speak up and share their voice on particular matters or what they may be dealing with or have issues with. Um, a great tip is if you have an email list and you have an autoresponder in one of those emails, simply ask a question what are you struggling with right now? That's one of the best questions ever. And, you know, I do this and I get pages, like life stories from people of what they're struggling with. And you can start to see patterns from different people, like similarities. Um, and, and you can sort of pull out the language that they're using when they're telling you their struggles, which you can use in your copy and on your blog posts and things like that. Um, it's, just, it's just so, so powerful. And if it's in your autoresponder, you're going to get a constant stream of these sort of things that you should be paying attention to. And again, it's not, you're not guessing. It's, it's given right to you. Um, if you don't have an audience already, well, you want to go to where your ta- target audience already is and look to see where people are asking questions, existing blogs in your niche, forums, uh, Yahoo questions, or just simply typing in um, the things in Google, whatever your topic is, particular keywords that have to do with your topic into Google, and also typing in sort of these struggle type of words like I need in quotation marks along with your, with your question mark or I need help with or um, assistance with or things like that. And those are great search queries for inside of blogs and, and forms too. Um, another great sort of 
piece of the content puzzle is, you know, creating stuff other than written content. You know, written content is great. It's what search engines use. But more and more now today, more than ever, uh, people are enjoying and would prefer things like video content and audio content. Um, It's what helped me grow out of the plateaus I had in the course of my blogging career was expanding onto these different platforms. First, it was YouTube. Um, And what I did on YouTube was just simply answer people's questions on YouTube. Um, And I got a lot of those questions from that, what are you struggling with right now question. And with the podcast, I mean, the podcast just blew me away as far as the impact it's had on my business. Uh, I mean, people are listening to us right now, obviously. And, you know, there's a connection that you can make with your audience from the power of your voice. Um, And it's even more powerful than video, I think, because people can sort of take you anywhere. Um, Like you were saying, you were on you're on walks with your dog and, you know, you're a part of everyday's uh, people's everyday lives. And the thing is like, and I did a presentation about podcasts at Social Media Marketing World recently, and I asked this question to the audience. I asked, well, how long does it take you to read a tweet? And people would say like, you know, five to 10 seconds. Well, how long do you spend reading a blog post? And people would say, oh, five to 10 minutes, sometimes 15. And then I asked the question to everyone. I asked everybody to raise their hand if they've listened to a podcast that's longer than five seconds. And of course, most people raise their hand. Okay, keep your hand up if you listen to a podcast that's longer than 15 minutes. Everybody kept their hand up. 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour. Most people, I would say 90% of people had still kept their hand up. That's an hour of your brand, your message, your personality into people's lives. I mean, there's no more engaging sort of type of content out there right now, um, I feel, than, than, than podcasts. So really utilizing audio. Um, and again, the, the point of this, just stepping away from your blog a little bit and putting yourself elsewhere in these other mediums. Um, and lastly, for content, um, I just have a lot to say about this, I guess, um, is, is have other people create it for you too. Uh, not not just like hiring other writers, but I mean, get your audience involved. Have them participate. I do this thing called the Reader Challenge where I have some of my audience come in and start to sort of create some of the content. Um, having other guests on, like right now, John, you have me on the show and you're just asking the right questions and I'm creating the content. Um, and, and that's a great way to sort of introduce somebody new to your audience and to put a different spin on things or to educate your audience in a way that you maybe wouldn't have been able to do it your, uh, yourself. Yeah, I, you know, I often, cause I, I can't tell you how many times, and I'm sure you've gotten this question a lot too, is, you know, people ask me, well, what should I write about? <laughs> and I'm just like, man, if you yeah. don't know what to write about, you're just not paying attention. Um, exactly. because, because you're so, you're so right. And, and I love, uh, th- there is a, an element of being proactive about getting people to tell you because there, there's, you know, there's no end to what they want to know and what they're interested in. And, uh, you just, mm-hmm. you just need to hone in on that. So uh, search engine optimization or organic search, you know, it used to be years ago, uh, it, it was this, um, you know, medieval um, magic practice that uh, that only a handful of people knew how to do. And, uh, you know, it certainly changed uh, to the point now where obviously content is a huge part of it. Uh, optimization is a huge part of it, but social, uh, really, I, I think you almost can't unhook those <laughs> three things, no, uh, quite frankly, if, if you hope to do anything long term. Uh, with regard to you know somebody going out there looking for your business and finding you in, in a search engine, so you know what what's some of your advice, practical tips, tools for that um, aspect of your online presence? Well, definitely just creating amazing content that people want to read, and that's what Google's sort of looking for. I mean, as a lot of you probably know, Google's been go- undergoing these you know massive amounts of of algorithm changes lately to try and become as human as possible and, and try to get rid of sort of the uh, ways to sort of game the system, although there's always going to be ways to do that. Um, what's always going to be at the core of high search um, 
typically uh, or, or generally speaking, what's going to be at the core of being ranked highly is, is the content that you write. And I think beyond just writing good content is, is, is write more. Um, that's one thing I've found on a lot of the sites that I own is, is the more content I, I create, the more I'm found in Google. And not just from potentially creating stuff that's going to rank number one um, you know, for, for really highly searched for um, keywords, but you know, ranking number one for really long tail keywords, keywords that may be four, five, six, seven you know, words in length that people are searching for. And yeah, you may only get one or two hits a month from those, but there's one site I have um, that teaches sec- uh, people how to become security guards. I get, I get search volume from over 8,000 different keywords, most of them just long tail keywords, keywords that I get hits for maybe one or two times a month, but combined, you know, I actually make more um, or get more traffic from the com- combination of all the long tail keywords than my top two keywords, um, which is pretty amazing. So writing more and um, just just gives you more opportunities to be found, and also obviously gives you more opportunities to be shared, which um, plays a role in social media marketing and also organic search. Um, a couple tools I want to give you. Um, one I just recently found, which is really cool. It's called Hittail. H i t t a i l dot com. And you just put a script on your website and it does the work for you. And what it does is uh, over maybe half a day, it'll scour your website. After you start to get some hits, it'll discover where people are coming from organically and what keywords they're using. And over time, it'll start to generate a list for you of keywords that you should be writing about that you may not be writing about enough, meaning you may be ranking on you know the middle of the first page or maybe on the second page for those keywords that people are typing in uh, and finding you by. And if you were to just simply focus some of your energy on those keywords for a little bit, you might be able to get a lot more traffic from those keywords, um, which is really cool. So it's sort of playing off that long tail idea, discovering sort of what the more popular long tail keywords that you may be getting a few hits for that you can write about and target to get a lot more hits for. Yeah, and I love um, the. Another, the I, I'll just jump in real quick, and and I love sure. the, the the nice thing about the, some of the long tail ones too is a lot of times there's really high intent. They are looking for something very specific um, because oh, they've absolutely. you know gone to that, and so so a lot of times, especially if you're selling a product or a service or you you know are hosting some sort of uh, of content, uh, you know you you're you're drawing people that that are very interested in what you're doing. So uh, another really great reason I think to spend the time to get those. Right, absolutely. And another cool tool you can use uh, for free is semrush.com. It stands for Search Engine Marketing Rush.com. You just put your URL there, and you're going to get some interesting data about some of the organic searches that are happening around your website and how people are finding you. You can see immediately if you go to the organic keyword sort of list after you put your tool, uh, your URL in there. It'll show you where you rank for um, some of the more highly searched for volume uh, keywords. And again, just another sort of note to yourself to what you could potentially be ranking even higher for uh, opportunities that you may not know exist. Um, And lastly, you know, the big thing now is sort of the rel equals author tag in your content, sort of linking your content that you write on your blog to a Google Plus account. Um, And that's when sometimes you run these Google searches and you see the little avatar or the box, um, somebody's face from their Google Plus profile on there right next to their content. That's a great way to stand out of that text filled search engine results page. And, you know, I don't think we have enough time right now to talk about how to do that, but there's plenty of free tutorials out there um, well, and, for how and, to do that. Yeah, and the good news is I've, I've actually written one, and so uh, I'll put it in the oh. show, show notes as well. Because, yeah, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a huge proponent of that, uh, 
um, as well. So let's move to email marketing. Of course, sure. um, that's been a fun ride for me because uh, I have been a huge proponent of uh, of that uh, since about 2000. I've been building my uh, uh, email list, and you know it was kind of funny to see. Uh, all of a sudden, social jumped on the scene, and everybody was like, "Oh, email's dead, and we're going to jump to all this." And and now it's right. it's sort of been interesting to see a lot of the really big people that were you know some of the biggest proponents of social media now uh, are are starting to say, "No, it's all about email." <laughs> and, uh, and 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 even I think it's kind of humorous. Even a lot of the social media services uh, that I participate in now email me more than they do anything else. And so, uh, uh, you know, I I know you're a fan of it as well. And and, and it, to me, and in fact, I've said this to social media um, audiences before, I think one of the highest and best reasons to participate in social media is to capture email addresses. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, email is going to be there for a really long time. And you just, you know, ask a group of people, you know, how, how many times do you check email a day? They're going to say several and ask that group of people, well, what's the first thing you do in the morning? A lot of those people are going to say, well, I check my email. So um, definitely building that list is really important. Um, but I think, you know, once you have that list, there's just, it's, you have to be sort of delicate about how you, how you treat that list. And, and I think the first step really is just to remember that, you know, there are other people on the end of those emails. I think people take advantage of the fact that, you know, in our email service providers, whether it's AWeber or whatever you use, um, they're all great. We just see those numbers. You know, we have, you know, X number of, of subscribers and, and we forget that there are real people there. So that, you know, remembering that will help you when you deliver content to them and sort of strive to always deliver value, even if you're selling stuff, you know, to always remember that there's somebody on the other end. You have to think about that um, and, and how they might respond. Um, for me, I actually, because I'm in the niche that I'm in, which is, you know, how to make money online or blogging or, or online business, um, most of the people I know in my audience are sick and tired of getting bombarded day after day after day with all of these offers from people who they not they don't even have a, a, a strong relationship with. And that's just a major turnoff. It was for me. When I first started email marketing, I subscribed to about 30 different email lists. Um, and I was just disgusted at how often I was getting emailed and what it was for. And none of it was for trying to understand me better or know me better. And, um, you know, so I had already mentioned this tip in the comment section, but, you know, utilizing your autoresponder not just to deliver content, but to ask questions and to actually interact. Um, that's when you can really and truly start to build that relationship and have people feel like in something as personal as email that they're connected to you. Um, and of course, if you have the ability to respond, which is much easier when you're just starting out, then please do that. If not, then you might want to set that expectation before you start asking questions like, well, I won't be able to get back to everybody, but I am reading them all and things like that. Um, I think a lot of people fail to also utilize their autoresponder or the ability to have these sequential emails go out automatically after people subscribe. I mean, that, that's such a shame because that's so powerful. Using an autoresponder, you can keep in, in, in direct contact, like literally direct contact with your audience over time so that, you know, the other way to go about it would be to not have the autoresponder and just send these broadcasts out when you potentially sell something. And a lot of times people are going to forget that they subscribe to your email list or that this is just coming out of nowhere and you're just sending them offers. And that's just, you know, people are going to unsubscribe. For me, I like, I, I actually have about 40 emails that people go through within the span of year, a year and a half. So for a year and a half, every week or every uh, two weeks, people get an email from me and it'll, all it is is just content delivering 
even more value than I already do. It's a way to build a relationship with them by asking them questions, giving them stuff that isn't available on the blog. And I don't sell on my autoresponder. And that's, again, purposeful because people are getting sold too much in the niche that I'm in. I think it's great if you're in a niche where you could potentially sell on your autoresponder. Then it's automated. But what you want to do is you want to maybe sort of get people used to who you are first. So maybe send five or six really high value emails you know, every week. And then that seventh one is the one where you pitch something that is related to those other things that you just mentioned, um, you know, the previous weeks in your email. Per, I, I use email um, to build a relationship and also to get people back on my blog when there's something important. So, um, you know, that that's when, you know, p- people, I tell this to people how I use email. They're like, well, you're like wasting money. You're paying for these subscribers and you're not selling. Well, I'm bringing people back to my blog when something important happens, and that's when the opportunity to sell it then comes. Well, and I I love autoresponders. I've been using them for years, and I think a lot of times people think that you know the 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 idea autoresponder means robot, and I, you you know you can write very personal. Um, sounding emails that, uh, that, that, you know, can be automated. I, I, I have been using the same email for years, um, a, a day or two after people subscribe to my newsletter. First, they get an immediate one that says, here's what the newsletter looks like, you know, because as you mm-hmm. said, I think that's, that's an important thing. So they go, oh yeah, make the connection of, <laughs> I subscribe to that and wow, this is good stuff. Um, uh, but then two or three days later, they get an email that's a text email that, uh, um, and I probably shouldn't reveal this because I can't tell you how many times people write back to me and say, that was really great of you to write, <laughs> write that personal note to me. But it just yeah, says, uh, it just in text and it just says something like, Hey, I saw you subscribe to my newsletter the other day. You know, I really enjoy, uh, writing this content. If there's anything I can do or any questions you have or anything you want me to write about, let me know. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I get, Dozens of those, and we do respond to those. So you're right; that's a, that's a key uh, key impo- uh, important part. But that is an automated uh, uh, email, and and but people really, I think, because people are so used to robotic things, uh, I, I think they really respond to to that uh, um, sentiment. Mm-hmm. So let's go on to online advertising. Uh, this is a um, a piece that I think if you're doing effectively producing content, if you're capturing leads, if you're building landing pages, you know some of the things that we've uh, talked about today. Uh, advertising online can be extremely effective, but I think a lot of um, you know you can also waste a lot of money uh, uh, advertising online. Uh, so I wonder mm-hmm. if you want to give some of your uh, your thoughts on paid advertising online. Sure. Well, I'll be. Up front with you, I, I I've never done any paid advertising online, so um, just that I'm just saying that now. But I do well, let's just let's it. just skip this entire topic then. What could you possibly have to say? <laughs> well, I mean, there are a few things that I know because I am in no, this I'm, world, and you yep. know, I've read a lot of articles about it, and I know people who do it. Um, test. Test, 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 test. Just test everything you can. Sort of start with what you know based on what your audience wants to hear. And then test from there. And, you know, you can always test and sort of, um, you know, see which headlines work better and then start with that or use different colors. Or, um, and, you know, it depends obviously on where you might be um, creating ads, whether it's Facebook. If you're on Facebook, you're sort of limited to, you know, the colors and things like that. So you would be wanting to test different headlines. And, you know, you don't just want to do one ad. You want to create multiple ads where there's one variable that changes. And so you can sort of determine which one works the best. When you do that, you're actually going to cut down your advertising costs as opposed to just sticking with one and sort of just guessing whether or not that's that's the one that sh- that would work um and you know speaking of online advertising i haven't done any paid on, uh, online advertising but i feel the best advertising online 
is the one that's done by your existing customers. Um, those people who are already a part of your brand, who are going to share you, your product, your tools, services with their existing followers and friends and family. I mean, I could, I could go up to somebody and pitch somebody something as much as I want, but it's not going to be even half as powerful as someone who they already know and trust telling them the same thing. Yeah, and so, I think uh, I think that's actually only going to get stronger. I, I, I you can already see research that that evidences that uh, our our use of search engines to find stuff like that and and to respond to ads, you know, is is actually decreasing. And and we're turning to, as you mentioned, we're turning to our friend networks, we're turning to our social networks, we're we're asking people on Twitter uh, to 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 give us recommendations. And so I I think that that uh, um, I, I just I had Jay Bear on this week um, and and utility. Mm-hmm. He he actually has a whole chapter called friend of mind um as you know as a as a big component of of advertising now and i I think you're absolutely right that's only going to get stronger yeah i mean so i feel like as i mean on on the online advertising uh paid online advertising can be very powerful obviously if you do it right you can basically trade you know quarters for dollars and just pump more money into that and get more money out but you know a lot of that money should also be thought of as, as being spent to um you know increase sort of the relationship that you have with your existing customers and get them to share you. Well, and and again, it's, I should remind listeners that uh, even when I talk about this topic, it, it it's only effective if it's integrated. <laughs> so if you have content, if you're working on your SEO, if you're capturing email leads, if you're participating in social networks, then I believe that paid uh, is even more effective because you're able to a- actually integrate it into that whole piece. So let's end on a really, really high note uh, and talk about analytics. Um, the uh, um, you already mentioned this about testing. In, in my experience over the years, uh, working with you know now tens of thousands of small businesses, uh, always, always, always the most successful ones were the ones that tracked everything and and were able yep. to understand everything about why they were selling and who they were selling to. And so um, mm-hmm. uh, I wonder if you uh, uh, might want to just go on that topic of of the importance of analytics and and maybe how to. You know how to get it done, how not how to how to make it not seem so much like math, because that, that's that's certainly what I hear from a lot of folks too. Yeah, I mean it is a numbers game when you think about it, and so you have to sort of realize that you're going to have to deal with numbers a little bit. I know there are a lot of people who aren't numbers people, but if you truly want to know what's working, um, you're going to have to look at the analytics and and you know keeping track of what's working is the is one of the most important things you can do. Because if you're not, I mean, how do you know what how do you know what's happening? How do you know if what you're doing is actually working? And also you're you'll be able to see actually what is working and you know maybe discover some sort of 80-20 principle stuff. You know, what you, you might be doing uh, you, you might find, you know, reading analytics that you're doing all this work for something that isn't actually getting you results. You've done something earlier that's actually getting you more traffic or, or, or more customers. That's what you should be focusing on. But how would you even know that um, if you just simply put up an, an ebook or whatever, a product, and you just put, a, put the on button and just get sales and you don't know where they're coming from, you don't know which button they're clicking on your sales page, you don't know how many people are coming in versus coming out before buying, um, you don't know where in the sort of sales funnel process people are dropping out. I mean, there's so if you the more you track, the more opportunities there are to see um, what's not working, so you can fix stuff, or what is working, so you can replicate that in the future. Yeah, and one of um, my favorites is is that that those keywords or that that keyword phrase that's getting lots of clicks, and you think, wow, this is great, I'm getting lots of clicks, but 
then somebody actually turns on conversions and you find out that a whole bunch of other words are actually getting your sales and that one that's getting lots of clicks is just actually wasting a bunch of money. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and um, you know, part of analytics like we talked about is, is split testing. Um, so you can analyze which which of widget one versus widget two is, is working better. Um, a good example is when, you know, my first business, um, which is still alive today, is, is greenexamacademy.com where I sell an ebook to people who are studying for the lead exam. It's a very sort of um, small, uh, well, not necessarily small, but it's it's a sort of an unknown to non-architects. Uh, it's an exam in the architecture industry. And I split tested my... Uh, my sales page and the sales page that I initially used was actually because I didn't really know how to do this I there was a book called um, Moonlighting on the Internet by a guy named Yannick Silver and there was one chapter where he had a sample sales page where you could pull out and just fill in the blanks with the name of your product and it would you know it would work and it did it, it worked really well and I showed this to people once I started to get in this sort of space and they were like that is the ugliest sales page I've ever seen like why would you do it this way and I said well I just copied it from this book and they gave me all these different you know I, I tested a sales uh, they were like no you got to make it look like amazon.com since you're selling an ebook to professionals and I was like okay I'll try that and another person was like no you got to create this super long sales page you know those really long ones um, with 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 an incredibly huge he- attention grabbing headline and all these pictures and like 15 testimonials and bonuses and all this stuff and so I tested those because I didn't really know you know, I, what I had was working, but I thought maybe one of these could uh, work better. So I actually used, uh, back then it was called Google Optimizer, yeah. um, or Google Website Optimizer. I think they've gotten rid of that now. Now you can actually run these split tests through Google Analytics, uh, you know, different camp- campaigns and stuff. Um, I, I test, tested all those recommended ones um, against the one that I had, and the one that I had was the winner. Um, and there was no arguing because the numbers clearly stated that it was the winner by far. And so I went back to them and I like showed them the data and they were just like, oh, wow, well, I wouldn't have known that. <laughs> and I wouldn't have either unless I tested. And so, um, you know, that's, uh, it, it's a great way to kind of get rid of the mystery and just sort of know what's going on. Well, and there's all kinds of research that shows there's just kooky things like red button, uh, buy button as opposed to an orange button. I mean, stuff you would never even think to test necessarily or mm-hmm. think would have an impact uh, can, can have significant impact. And, you know, this is one of those areas where there are a lot of people that are, as I said, they're not numbers people. It just seems complicated and technical. Well, there's a lot of things in your business that, that aren't necessarily, you know, you don't do your own accounting, maybe you don't do your own taxes. And so I always tell people, get get somebody. That's It's so important that Go out and find somebody who that is their unique ability or their strength um, and make that a part of your team if, if you don't want to do it yourself. I, and, and I think, just think it's so important. Yeah, I mean, it, it, a lot of people online are like, I need more traffic, 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 traffic. I right. get, you know, if, if you want to double your income, you got to double your traffic. Well, you could also double your conversions, go from 1% to 2%. I mean, and people don't think about that side of the equation. Sometimes that is much easier than doubling your traffic. Yeah, with no know, with so. no more traffic, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, I definitely feel that that is great advice. You know, if, you, if it's something you're not comfortable doing or learning yourself or you just don't have time to do it, um, it is definitely something worth the money paying for, um, you know, if you can increase conversions. And you can, you can do these deals. You can, you can set up, you know, these sort of deals with people that you might hire. Well, if you increase by this much, I'll give you a percentage of that where you wouldn't actually lose anything if, if it didn't work out. 
Yeah, I have rarely seen a case where it didn't pay for itself just because of, you know, the things you're talking about, increasing conversion by one or two percent. And whatever you're paying a professional to do that will typically pay for itself. Yeah, yeah, totally. Pat, thanks so much for joining me. Um, you have an uh, incredible amount of information at smartpassiveincome.com. And uh, you've got uh, your book, uh, Let Go. Uh, people should check out a pretty quick read on uh, Amazon as well. And uh, hopefully we'll – I know we missed each other out in San Diego, but hopefully we'll, we'll bump into each other out there on the road sometime soon. I'm sure we will, John. Thank you for having me.